I'm shook. Welcome to the Holly Shook Podcast. I'm Armin. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Alkire. How are you, Rye? Hi, Army. I'm doing so well. So excited for this historic podcast and nervous because of many reasons. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell the listeners the foremost reason why you're nervous? So I'm nervous because Armin has been texting me all week saying that he's so excited for the scandal, <laughs> but that we need to be drunk for it. And anything that requires getting drunk for is first and foremost, my favorite activity, and I'm going to be enjoying it. But it also makes me nervous. Like what, I have no idea what Armin has prepared for me. I don't know why it needs us to get drunk. I'm just a little bit stressed out to find out what's about to happen. It's nerve wracking probably because you're not sure if you need the alcohol to numb the pain or to make this a better time. I was not thinking about being in pain. So now I'm even more nervous that that was your first option. I more so was just like, this must be absolutely ridiculous if we have to be drunk for it. And on top of it, we were supposed to do this at nighttime during the week, you know, like a normal time to get drunk. Um, but, you know, life got in the way. So we're now doing it um, in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday, which I usually am drunk in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday anyway. But um, it's definitely going to be a journey. Yes, seriously, right. what's new for you on that front? You're probably most likely walking out of some brunch spot drunk right now if it wasn't for the fact that you're doing this podcast right now. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's funny because I'm drinking wine in my sweatpants on the couch at 2.30 p.m. on a Sunday, whereas, yeah, usually I'd be out and about in public. So it's just a little bit of change of pace. Yeah, you'd normally be more wasted right now, actually, because you'd be like four, five, six mimosas deep, but you're zero mimosas deep. Yeah, and no mimosas. Um, I do have a glass of rosé, and Armin also told me I had to have a shot of tequila <laughs> waiting for, I'm assuming, some part of the podcast. I'm going to have to take a shot of tequila. I don't understand what's going on. I'm confused, I'm stressed, and quite frankly, I'm getting more pissed off by the second. <laughs> You'll see why, Rai. We're going to take the shot before we get into the guessing game. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, partially because I want you a little inebriated for the guessing game, but it's a little bit of gamesmanship because I want to a little bit dampen your ability to guess which scandal this is. But once you guess the scandal, you're going to see why this episode had to be the booziest episode in Holly Shook history. Okay. You also act like me taking one shot of tequila. I'm just going to be like instantly blacked out. <laughs> like, I'll be fine. Okay. You could pour more. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably end up getting another one. Yeah. I please. have like maybe one shot left in the bottle. So might as well just finish it. Yeah. Might as well finish it. I have two shots poured out. I want it to be prepared, but I do have the bottle sitting right here if I need more shots. Okay. But don't, uh, don't shy away from the cocktail you made as well, which is the most <laughs> aggressive Sunday it's also noon in California, so it's actually scarier how much alcohol you have in front of you for noon on a Sunday. Yeah, this is... I have to just describe the cocktail because it is aggressive. It's three shots of tequila mixed with June shine. If you don't know what June shine is, it's a hard kombucha. So it's just pure alcohol, basically. So much alcohol. Sponsor us, June shine. <laughs> actually, that would be a good sponsorship, but we're here today not to talk about cocktail or boozing. Well... We'll get into it, but that could be your first hint, right? 
We're here today for another historic celebrity scandal podcast. We've been doing a lot of current events stuff recently, but of course our bread and butter, Rye, it's covering those historic celebrity scandals. So are you ready to get into the guessing game? I believe you should get this quickly, um, but we'll see. We're going to take a shot first. Oh my God. (laughs) And then I'll give you your first hint. Are you ready? Okay, shot, 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 okay. shot, 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 shot. Cheers, Rye. Through the, through the FaceTime. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I have to put the mic down because I have to chase my shot because I'm 12. <laughs> you need a chaser? Fair enough, fair enough. We've never taken a shot on the podcast before. Cheers, Rye. I hope that sounds good. Some ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are you okay? I just like... You look so hurt. I'm hurt. I'm really hurt. Drink that chaser. Oh my gosh. I just chased with water because I don't have actually any like... (laughs) You you didn't prepare a chaser? Well, wine is a good chaser. Oh my God. No, the point of a chaser is I don't want to taste more alcohol. (laughs) Well, it's white wine, I love taking tequila shots, but I'm so bad at taking them. It's really embarrassing. Um... Oh my god, okay, well now I'm blacked out, so let's go. (laughs) Let's go, right. Okay, your first hint. This scandal took place three years ago in December. We're actually approaching the three-year anniversary of this scandal. We're recording December 20th, and this scandal took place three years ago on Christmas Eve, actually, if that helps. Okay, keep going. Keep going. This scandal had to do with a celebrity arrest. Okay. Do you need more? Yeah. Yeah. Justin Bieber? No. No. Okay. Okay. This arrest took place in Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. You still don't get it right? Is it is it Countess Luann? It's Countess Luann. (laughs) Oh, do you want to tell oh the listeners God. the backstory? The backstory to this scandal right here, to us at least recording this scandal right here. Oh my God, we have so much history with this, and famously, I just yep. finished watching. <laughs> yep, Real Housewives, so I know who she is now. <laughs> oh my God, that was on Christmas Eve. I thought it was New Year's Eve. It was Christmas. Oh my God. Okay. Yes, I freaking love Countess Luann. Do you want to tell the listeners the backstory to this scandal, or to us recording this scandal right now? Okay, so (laughs) I never thought this would happen. Okay, so we actually recorded this scandal, what, like years ago? We recorded this scandal in September of 2018. Okay. Okay, so much has happened since then. Yeah. So much has happened since then that actually the notes that I had originally taken for that episode that we we recorded. We actually recorded that fucking episode. And I will tell you why it hasn't been released. They were six pages long, Rye. Oh, God. My new notes, 12 oh. pages long. For the love of Christ. <laughs> They've doubled since then. But you know, this is what's great, everyone. Ryan didn't know who Countess Luann was when we recorded that podcast. 
Right. So a lot so, of it was new to you. The whole thing was new to me. Um, now you could do this episode. I could actually drop the mic here and you could you could actually do the whole episode. I mean, ideally, yes, you would not, not be talking for the rest of the time and it would just be me. But <laughs> um, yeah, so we did this. We recorded... Armin told me about this scandal two years ago. And I had never seen Real Housewives. I didn't really know who she was. I I, rem- I feel like I had heard that something like happened on Real Housewives, but I didn't know anything about it. And I remember being like, this is insane. Like what happens is insane. But now I'm so excited to hear it again because one, like you said, so much more has happened in that like is is connected to the um original scandal i jumped the gun on that i should not have done that episode then but to be fair like i now that i've seen the show i think nobody would have guessed that more would come of it it yep. it seemed it was a one and done thing but wow there's so much more and now that i've seen all 12 seasons of the show um luann is family to me i know her better than i know anyone else on this planet and I'm so excited to like actually have an opinion and like whatever about it. You fully like Countess Luann more than you like me. I love Luann de la Sepp. Um <laughs> but you you have loved her too. You dare I say she's your favorite of the housewives on on New York or is that not true? It's a tie between her and Bethany and Sonia. Oh, I just love Roni. That's the thing. To me, that's yeah. the greatest reality TV show in the docu-series format of all time. Yeah. It's hard because people ask me who my favorites are, and I'm like, it's so hard because you you have the OGs. Like, you have Luann, you have Sonia, you have Bethany. We don't speak of Ramona. Um <laughs> And it's like, I don't even know if they're my favorites, but they are my favorites just because they've been there since the beginning and it's insane to watch. They also all bring a different flavor. Yes, they're all totally different. But I remember when I first started watching it, because I started in quarantine um, back in March, season one, I had never seen it. And, you know, obviously you and Camille are super fans, so I would update you week by week on everything happening. We had a text thread of my reactions. Um, but you were always like, from the beginning when I started, you're like, Luann's the best. She has the best um, storyline and the best character arc. And I didn't like her the first couple of seasons. So I was like, ew, like, how could you like Luann? She's so the worst and blah, blah, blah. And then I totally understood what you were saying because her storyline is insane. And I ended up loving Luann. I think she's incredible. So, oh my gosh, I have so many opinions now, and I feel like when we recorded this originally, I had no opinions, because I didn't know who the fuck you were talking about. Right, yeah, you didn't know anything about Roni, about the Real Housewives lore in general, definitely nothing about Luann, Um, but now, no pun intended, it's safe to say you've been intoxicated by the Real Housewives this year. You could even say that I am arrested by the show. (laughs) So now everyone can kind of get why this had to be the booziest episode in Holly Shook history. It may be a little insensitive of us, but, you know, this is what we do a little bit. Yeah, and also she she laughs about it. They make jokes about it on the show. People may not know the full story. We're about to get into it, but she did get arrested for public intoxication, for attacking an officer. We'll get into all the details. Um, 
but a little bit of insight into where she's at now. Luann is drinking today. Yeah. So it's not fully insensitive. I hope nobody right now has decided to cancel us. It will happen one day. We will get canceled. Okay, trust me. But not for this. This is not the reason yeah. to cancel us. And it's also so funny and just like backtracking a little because to me, the housewives are iconic, like celebrity, like they're my entire world now that I've seen the show. But it's kind of that type of celebrity that if you don't watch the show, you don't have any idea who these people are and you don't give a shit about them, you know? Except in these few instances, right? Because I would say when a housewife gets arrested, it becomes a part of like the broader pop culture zeitgeist. But you're right. All the other feuds and dramas and backstabbings that occur within the context of the show, that doesn't make its way into the broader lexicon of things. But when I was researching this Luann Arrest story, I saw stuff from Entertainment Tonight. I saw stuff from Us Magazine. I saw stuff from People. It's akin to Teresa Judice getting arrested and going to prison as well. I feel like when a real housewife gets arrested, and there could be other scandalous instances that are similar, but especially when a real housewife gets arrested... I think it does reach the broader consciousness. I would say most of the listeners right now know who Luann is, for the most part. I, I definitely remember this happening when it happened. I just didn't care that much because right. I was like, I was like, I, I don't know who that is. Like, I didn't know who any of these people were other than like seeing gifts of them and like memes of them and stuff. Yeah, you're like, who the fuck is Luann de la Seps? But like, that's just the weird dichotomy. I don't know what dichotomy means, but I've been trying to use it more often. <laughs> um of like a Bravo celebrity is like, if you watch Bravo, then these people are like top tier celebrities to you. But if you don't watch Bravo, then it's kind of like, Oh, they, I might know who they are, but I don't really like care about them. It's like Bravo celebrity is like, to me, it's like a subculture of celebrity. Absolutely. That I've gotten into Bravo way more this past year. I'm like obsessed with everyone. You know what term I don't hear as often? D list celebrity. I feel like a Bravo celebrity is actually beneath the D-list celebrity in a way, but it has a stronger cult fan base than any D-list celebrity for the most part. Totally. I would say people, like, I care more about Bravo celebrities than I would about, I don't know. Kathy yeah. Griffin, who actually, I think she had a rea- right. reality show called, like, the D- Life on the D-list or something. Life on the D-list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Okay, let's freaking get into it because we could talk about Bravo for hours and that would be the whole podcast. <laughs> I should quickly mention though, right? The reason why we didn't release that episode was because we recorded it and then it turned out that the audio was just butchered. There were all these weird pops and clicks and I tried to use different tools like the pop and click remover. We don't need to get too technical about it, but we couldn't salvage the audio. It was too terrible to release, which yeah. by the way, right, does that inform my anxiousness before this episode <laughs> yeah no i know i'm like armin, Ar- we had to re- we had to do the intro twice because armin was like i'm nervous i'm like what you and we did nervous. two tests we normally do one yeah. test <laughs> i think it's the curse of the curse of the countess that's why i had to make sure that we did multiple technical checks everything seems good this episode better turn out good from an audio standpoint um from a content standpoint i guess that's up to us yeah. Um, so let's get into it. I mean, we already kind of talked about who 
Luann De La Seps is. Uh, she's Countess Luann. She's a Bravo liberty. You broke it all down, Rye. She is one of the original stars of The Real Housewives of New York. Been there since season one. Uh-huh. She's been a main cast member for 11 of the 12 seasons. Only season six, she was demoted to a friend of housewife. That's like a real housewife's term. It just means that you're not on the main <laughs> cast. But everyone says unanimously that it's the greatest friend of housewife season in Real Housewives history. Because honestly, if you watch that season and don't know that she's not a main cast member, you wouldn't be able to tell that she yep. wasn't a full-time cast member. She was just a part of the plot as anyone else. Yeah, I remember actually the season that she was a friend of. It was one of my favorite seasons of her. I remember thinking mm-hmm. she was like so good that season. And I think maybe it was because she was like, whatever, I'm not a main cast member. I'm going to do whatever I want. I mean, she always did whatever she wants, but she's great. She's like, throughout the 12 seasons, like her change in demeanor and her change in character and her change in her growth we could call it is like so unique and it's so interesting to watch and i just think she's incredible tv like i am obsessed with her (laughs) the ups and the downs with luann it could make for a very compelling tv series movie Mm. she's gone through a lot of shit Mm -hmm. uh speaking of let's get into a little bit of background on luann although we don't need to spend a ton of time on it she was born Luann Nadu in Berlin, Connecticut. She was formerly a nurse. And speaking of season six, we saw a little bit of that nursing action because Kristen Takeman, another one of the cast members. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't realize that was that season. Yeah. You remember that? Ramona yeah. throws a glass at her face and Kristen Takeman gets a cut, like a gash on her lip. And we see Luann just step up. And it was great. So you have Luann being a nurse and a model before her Real Housewives fame. When the show begins, she's married to Count Alex de la Seps. He's this French entrepreneur and aristocrat, as he's described. But infamously, they would get divorced during the filming of the show in season three. We don't know all the details of why they get divorced, but Rai, as you know, she would divulge a little bit saying that the Count wanted an open marriage and she wasn't interested, but she tried to make their marriage work even though it wasn't working for a while. Those were the rumblings, right, in the first couple seasons and they would ultimately get divorced and we would get introduced to Single Lou, which I think is one of the greatest gifts to reality TV. Single Lou is everything. (laughs) Truly. Um, And if it wasn't for Single Lou, we wouldn't have the arrest, right? Yeah, right. So we should get into the sequence of events that spurred the arrest. Because the arrest didn't happen in a vacuum. If you are a Real Housewives of New York fan, you understand that there was a very rich tapestry of context surrounding the arrest. It could not have happened without the, frankly, many, many, many devastating life events (laughs) leading up to that night. So let's get into all of that. And Rai, you could help me out with with this too, because you just watched all this. I was watching some of it in preparation, but of course, it's all fresh in your mind having just binge watched it over the last few months. Yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster with this woman. Um, 
the shit that goes down in her life is just truly unhinged. I'm like, what? Like, who, how are these decisions being made? Like, it's just insane. I'm just going to say from, from, from right now, if, if you haven't watched Real Housewives of New York, which I can't blame you for, it took me, what, 300 years to watch it, but it's incredible television. And... Luann just like, oh my God, she just does the most psychotic things like, and just totally thinks it's normal. And it just like all leads up to this essentially like a mental breakdown. And it makes me sad. Like she goes through so much shit and she like always tries to hold herself together. And it's almost sad to watch, but it's at the same time, like inspirational because she's like strong and she like fights through it. But like, I'm like, there's something, like, something is amiss in that woman's mind, but it's incredible. But, yeah, it's riveting. It's just great television, and I think you nailed it. I never thought about that element of Luann, but you're right. Her ethos really is acting utterly delusional. That's why Camille actually dubbed her delusional Luann. <laughs> That's pretty good, Camille. Because... She fully buys into her bullshit. Yeah, and I, even though that's a great nickname, it's hard to even say delusional because I think she knows exactly what she's doing. It's just, it's more of the, like, she buys into it. Like, she convinces herself that what she's doing is normal, good, correct, can't, like, can't go wrong. And then, of course, everything goes wrong, always. But it's like, I don't even know if she's delusional. Like, Sonia is delusional. Right, that's true. Like, Sonia, like, fully doesn't understand what's going on around her. Luann, I think, understands what she's doing, like, and obviously we'll talk about it, but her marriage to Tom, which basically is what, like, sparks this whole scandal, she knew the whole time that it wasn't going to work and that it was insane and that it was crazy and, and, and didn't make any sense. But she was so bought into it and convinced herself to just go with it and she did. I don't think I don't think she was stupid. I think she knew what was happening, but she just like wanted it to turn out well and she convinced herself that it, everything would be okay when clearly everything was not okay. Not okay. And right, you know what's incredible about it? It's not a hindsight is 2020 analysis. Every single other cast member thought this was going to be a train wreck. Everybody was telling Lou that this is a disaster getting together with Tom, and we'll get into the details. But it's important to stress that Bethany was saying this is a disaster. Obviously, Sonia and Ramona were strongly against her getting with Tom. There were some other reasons for that, and we'll get into all of that. But this isn't a case of hindsight being 2020. Everybody saw it coming, and I think you may be right. Luann saw it coming, too. All the warning signs were there, even in the form of physical fucking evidence. Again, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But there's no way she couldn't have seen this coming. She did see it coming. It was right smack dab in front of her face. Yeah. It's just like, my opinion was, she was already too deep into it. And mm. Leanne does have this ego and this reputation that she will do anything to uphold. And I think she got to this point where she's like, I'm so far into this thing that it would be more embarrassing me for me to admit that it's wrong than it would be to just go forward with it. 
there's even that scene with Barbara before Barbara was officially on the show where she tells Carol she would rather get divorced than to cancel the wedding. Yes. Yes, she insane. does say that. But that sums up Luann's mind, like her way of thinking. She'd rather get married to this man and get divorced than to just say, let's not have the wedding. If I'm not mistaken, Barbara actually sued Bravo to try to get that hot mic moment off the air. Or at the very least, she was fighting aggressively to get that yeah. scene removed. Because I guess she didn't know that she was mic'd or something like that. But that was one of the great hot mic moments leading up to Luann's you know, marriage with Tom. And obviously there are some great hot mic moments after. Yeah. It's a disaster. But it's like, that's that shot's so great because it's not even a shot of Barbara talking to Carol. Like, they just happened to pick it up. Like, they weren't even having a camera on them. It's so good. You guys, you need to watch the show. <laughs> They're like at an art show, I want to say, right? Yeah, like some event. <laughs> yeah, and you're watching, I don't know, the people walk around and yeah. mingle and you hear what Barbara says. And yeah, it's very prescient. It's exactly what happened. So this arrest occurs during season 10, during a break in filming, actually. Mm-hmm. In season 10. But as we've been alluding to, the story really begins in season 8. Because Luann starts dating Tom. Tom D'Agostino, the aforementioned Tom, who is this New York socialite playboy. He's supposedly this extremely successful businessman. But his wealth and status is frequently questioned, especially by Bethany Frankel. I think more of our listeners, Rye, by the way, know who Bethany Frankel is than Luann. Yeah, Bethany is definitely more of a mainstream pop culture figure than, I would say, any of the other housewives. Yeah, Bethany gets name-dropped in sitcoms. I, I remember one from Parks and Rec vividly when, actually, the character Tom. Do you watch Parks and Rec? Duh, every episode. Okay, you remember one episode Tom... I think says something like he wants to be a mogul like Bethany Frankel. She is probably the most successful housewife of all time because of her skinny girl brand, uh, starting from being skinny girl margarita to now becoming, I think, skinny girl popcorn. I used to buy the skinny girl popcorn, actually. Yeah. Um, it was actually really good. And she does jeans, skinny girl jeans. So Bethany is extremely famous. I wouldn't say she's A-list famous, no. But she's more but, of a household name than any other real housewife. Absolutely. I mean, I knew who Bethany was before I even knew what the real housewives were. <laughs> right. Like, other than Denise Richards, people who come in as celebrities already, I would yeah. say Bethany Frankel and Teresa Judice are the most famous real housewives. For sure. But I would put even Bethany before her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. More famous than Teresa Judice. But Ter- Teresa was in the news. Like, there are... CNN articles about the whole Judice scandal with them going to prison. We're going to cover that one day for sure. But anyway, um, I bring up Bethany Frankel because she was always questioning Tom's motives. And like I said, even his wealth, which he always portrayed as being of the tippy top 1%. But at one point, I think Bethany says he lives in a small apartment, not a penthouse. Mm-hmm. And we actually see Tom in the show in one of the early seasons. I forget which season, maybe season three or season two. He's always been around this group of people. A man about town, as they describe people on that show. 
Yes, he's very much a man about town. Tom is also a guy who's always running game. Yeah, like a playboy, a player, or whatever. Absolutely. And like I said, we see him in the early seasons, I think hitting on Ramona, but this was while Ramona was married. Ramona would ultimately get divorced. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, Tom was always, I think, a guy who was seeking a, a little bit of fame and attention. And yeah. he finally gets introduced to Lou Ann through Dorinda Medley, mm. who I would say is probably one of the most beloved cast members of Roni. Oh, for sure. And I would say most, I would almost say most well-known because she has so many one-liners, so many quotes, so many gifts, so many memes. Like I hadn't, I recognized Dorinda's face before I ever watched the show because she has so many moments you just see online all the time. Yeah, she was the king of the one-liners. But here was an interesting tidbit that we have to mention. Tom had already dated two other iconic Roni cast members before he started dating Luann, mm-hmm. Sonia Morgan and Ramona Singer. Right. Do you want to get into that a little bit, Ryan? <laughs> well, one would argue, and by one I mean Ramona, um, would argue that she was dating Tom at the same time that Luann was dating Tom. Right. In fact, she claims that, I don't know if she claims that they had hooked up a few weeks prior to to Tom and Luann's engagement or something. Doesn't she say they never had sex? They just played chess or something. Okay. But Ramona also will never admit when she has sex with people. She's always saying she did like, it's just like she. Ramona's a virgin. According to Ramona. Yeah, of all the things she's done on that show, the one thing she's ashamed of is having sex as an adult woman. It's like, girl, maybe like, don't be so ashamed of that and be ashamed of everything that comes out of your mouth. But the whole drama was that Ramona and Sonia had both been dating Tom very recently before he got with Luann. Sonia takes it very personally because Ramona kind of was like, whatever, you can have him. He was just like a fuck buddy, basically. But Sonia takes it very personally because she is like, no, we were lovers. We would hang out. We'd go on dates. We were fully like dating. For many years. For many years. For many years. She's like, we were exclusive. It wasn't like we were only seeing each other, but we had been dating for years and years and years. We know each other very well. And Luann basically brushes it off and, and says, you know, I talked about how Sonia is delusional and she is, but I don't think she's delusional about her relationships. Um, and Luann basically is always like, you didn't, you weren't with him. And like, even Tom kind of tries to like brush off Sonia. And They're so dismissive of Sonia's feelings. Yeah. It makes me really sad for Sonia because I love Sonia and she's just the nicest. Like she might be a little unhinged, but she is just so sweet and has not a mean bone in her body. So when they're very dismissive is the perfect word of her feelings it's really sad because Sonia's just like, I'm not saying we were in love. I'm not saying like you can't be with him, but like just admit and acknowledge that we were lovers for years and years and years. I, I and think they, she says a decade if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And Sonia is very known for, you know, being a little bit of a woman about town as well. <laughs> and she dates and hyperbolic because if we take Sonia at her word all the time, then she was best friends with Diddy, and yeah. she would party with Carl. JFK Jr. and Madonna, right? So let's take Sonia's word for what it is. But there's there would be no reason for her to make up that she dated Tom for years and years and years and had this long relationship with him. Like, True. 
why it, there's there's nothing bad about that. So why would she make that up? Yeah, she just wanted them to acknowledge it. And it seemed to me, by the way Sonia described it, and even the way Tom would interact with Sonia, that they did have this intimacy. That even if they were dating other people throughout all those years, they were each other's, like, not fallback in a bad way, but, like, if you had a bad night or if there was, like, a date that went wrong, like, Tom would hit up Sonia or Sonia would hit up Tom and it would be like, do you want to just have a good night together? Like, do you want to come over to my townhouse? And let's have a couple drinks. And, you know, they were fuck buddies, right? Like, let's have sex and have a good night and right. salvage a shitty night. And they had, obviously, an intimacy because you don't spend that much time with a person and not share shit. So so it was definitely, I think, something that hurt Sonia emotionally when Luann yeah. started dating Tom. And mind you, this is an important caveat here. Luann meets Tom and starts dating Tom while she is living with Sonia. They are roommates. <laughs> I forgot about that. Right? That's fucking crazy. Oh my God. I fucking forgot that Luann lived at Sonia's townhouse. I'm screaming. (laughs) It adds an extra layer. I think it makes it even more difficult to move past it if you're Sonia because it's right in front of your fucking face every day. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. I forgot that she was living with Sonia. I'm dead. To add insult to injury... This all happens within one season. (laughs) Luann meets Tom. She starts dating Tom. And she gets engaged with Tom within one month. This is is like what? Three or four or five episodes of Roni. Yeah. I mean. Of season eight. A whirlwind. And it kind of. It's. It's almost hard to describe. Because you really do have to watch it. To get the full. Like. Reasoning behind it. Because. As truly insane as the whole relationship is, it makes sense while you're watching it, knowing Luann's history, knowing Luann's personality, knowing everything about Luann. It's like, well, of course, this makes total sense. And knowing that Tom is known as being kind of like a bachelor, they're like, the whole thing is like, you know, Tom's never going to settle down. He's always going to be the single bachelor guy who's hooking up with everyone in, in the social circle there's this scene at the engagement party where he's wearing a ring and Missy, I think it's yep. Missy kind of side character who always pops up. And another former lover of Tom's. Another former lover of Tom, Missy um, looks at his finger and goes, what is on your hand? And he goes, I know like, no, like I still can't believe this is happening or something like it's just, doesn't so... he say it's like a collar on a dog or something like that? Yeah, it's like he makes some weird metaphor and basically is like, yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, we don't talk about it. And like, <laughs> it's just so, uh, it's so crazy. It is wild. But you're right. It makes a lot of sense in the moment because Tom is the king of the bachelors and Luann is the queen of the bachelorettes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in a way, it made sense that if they had to settle down, they had to settle down with each other. They both lived a fast-paced lifestyle. There's a lot of rumors, right, about the way that they live. It's like this thing of like, (laughs) I don't know. I just remember watching it and be like, being like, these, like these two people are, you know, good-looking, older, older, good-looking. Well, in their fifties, right? Fifties, yeah, and cool, like successful, whatever people, and then. I don't know. They just, it, it, to me, it was like a whirlwind relationship that like 
you hear about on t- like you watch TV sh- scripted TV shows about it like the crazy world when like partiers <laughs> that like fall in love and they're like let's get married it's like it's like the type of relationship that you think they would fly to Vegas and get married at a church, like get married in Vegas type thing. Like, let's do it right now. Like that type of relationship. Yeah, it, that actually would have been more appropriate, them eloping than how they right. actually got married, which was actually very sort of majestic and beautiful <laughs> and storybook wedding. But that wasn't appropriate for those two, I would say. No. Oh, my God. It makes me cringe. Her wedding makes me cringe so much. I really hate thinking about it. The New Year's Eve in Palm Beach, <laughs> you know, like with the white dress. Like, no, you're right. They should have actually eloped to Vegas. That would have been way more Luann and Tom. For sure. Yeah. The whole wedding thing. And then we're jumping all over the place. But that's what you that's what you get when you do Kishada tequila and talk about housewives with us. Because whenever we talk about housewives, we are so chaotic. But no, This reminds me, Rai, of our 4 a.m. talks about Roni this summer, like where we'd mm-hmm. be up for like four or five hours just drinking and talking about Luann. Literally, we would, Armin and I and Camille would do happy hours um, that would start at 10 p.m. And I would go to bed at 3 a.m. I'd be like wasted. And all we did was talk about Real Housewives. And I'm like, how did we just talk about this for five hours? But when you watch the show, it's like you could really talk about it for five hours. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The wedding to me was like all about the spectacle. Like I think Luann, and she talks about it on the show. She's like, I didn't really have a real wedding when I got had my first marriage. We got married at the courthouse or we eloped or whatever the fuck they did. So she's like, I want the dress. I want the bridesmaids. I want the perfect fairy tale wedding. I want the this, this, and this. I want the big guest list. It's very like um, Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City movie of like, she wants it to be this big thing. Which only added fuel to the fire of, like, people who were like, this is not a good idea, and you're making this huge spectacle of it, which is just going to be a harder downfall. And obviously, it was a very hard downfall. <laughs> Big time. And we have to get into one of the main reasons why everyone thought it was a bad idea. Yeah. Because... Please don't let it be about Tom. <laughs> it's about Tom. It's about Tom. Near the end of season eight... Again, so much happens in season eight. It's my favorite season. I don't know how you feel about it. Where does it rank for you quickly? I would say it's up there. I think seven and three are still my favorites. Mm -hmm. Fair. Fair. Totally fair. Yeah. Eight is iconic. And especially this moment in... Are they in Mexico or where are they? They're in Miami. Oh, they're in Miami. They were supposed to be in Mexico, but Mm. Bethany had that health issue. The bleeding thing. Yeah. Yep. So they couldn't go out of the country. God, we know too much about this show. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, her bleeding thing. Uh, <laughs> also, just disclaimer. Disclaimer halfway through the episode. Yes, there are spoilers in this podcast, but at the same time, like, it's not like spoilers. Like, Oh yeah, I mean, if you you're going to forget it, about this and then yeah. you're going to watch it and you're going to love it the same. But also, like, if you watch the show, you know that Tom and Luann are not going to last. Like, even before, like, it's not like, they got divorced? That's a shock. It's like, yeah, they got divorced. I'm surprised it took them that long type of thing, you know? And also, this all happened in the tabloids, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that would be like saying, I don't know, it's a fucking spoiler that Brad Pitt is no longer with Jennifer Aniston. Why is it that the Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, Angelina Jolie love triangle is the only celebrity scandal reference I could ever make and I have a celebrity scandal podcast? No, it's literally the only example we ever use, and yet we haven't covered it on this podcast. And I don't... Actually, let's say it now. Let's never cover that, please, for the love of Christ. We've referenced it so many times, there's no need. 
Um, okay, so we have to get into this. Near the end of the season, we have to get to the scandal itself. So let's just <laughs> run through this. It's been a, a Roni recap podcast. This isn't even about a scandal. <laughs> Near the end of season eight, and again, we see Tom and Luann meet during season eight. They start dating. They get engaged. But near the end of the season, Bethany learns that Tom cheats on Luann, and she even has physical evidence. She has a photo of Tom making out with another woman at the Regency. The Regency in New York. Which becomes this infamous setting. It's referred to many times as the Regency. Oh, did you see Tom with Missy at the Regency? The much-talked location. It's always the Regency. (laughs) Everything happens at the Regency. So, Bethany has this photo, like you said, right, in Miami. They're on this vacation. Every year, the housewives have to go on a vacation. Bethany struggles with whether or not uh, she should bring it up to Luann, but she feels like she has to. She can't hold it from Luann. So, she reveals to Luann The last day of the vacation. (laughs) As they are packing. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure they're not even finished packing yet. They're hours away from their flight to leave Miami. Um, but of course, you have to get it all on camera. So you get this iconic moment on camera where Bethany reveals to Luann that Tom cheated on her, and it's super intense. I mean, this is one of the greatest five ten minutes of reality TV history. It's for me. Anytime a reality person like someone on a reality show tells the camera to get out of their face Mm -hmm. that is god tier reality television when the when the person on the show not only acknowledges the camera but tells the camera to get out of their face and stop filming i'm like god bless ramona tried it in season 12 and it was not as good luann in this moment is just god tier it's god tier it is gut-wrenching it's dark it's dark (laughs) it's incredibly dark because i don't think i've ever seen a more authentic reaction to a piece of news on reality tv because you see luann immediately get nauseous like you see someone's Mm -hmm. world crumble before their eyes she had a sense of the world and with a snap of the finger suddenly all of that crumbled and she starts to have a full-blown breakdown you see her in pain, and then she gets angry, and then there's like a little bit of denial. She's like, "Well, wait, wait." You know, she starts to yeah. question Bethany, like, "How do you know?" Obviously, there's the Who photo. Who sent you this? Like, do we trust your friend? Like, blah blah blah. And she's like, "It's my like good friend. I trust them." Because Luann then starts to think that this photo was not taken the other night. Right. Remember, they only fun. were dating for four weeks <laughs> at this point. Right. <laughs> I think, like, also it's. Luann's denial finally not being able to exist anymore. That's like a weird way of wording it. But like, I think in the, like I said, I think in the back of, of Luann's right. mind, she always knew that Tom was not the one and that he was sketchy and sus and like whatever. But she just never like had to, you know, face it head on. And so then seeing the photo, it's like all of her worst nightmares, like unable to deny it anymore, just completely losing it. And it is incredible television. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, she, the photo didn't allow her to live in denial anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all knew she he was cheating on her because that's Tom. Like, And maybe you have to watch the show to understand this as a listener, but... 
Tom was just a bad dude. He was just, like you said, a sus guy who, honestly, he was too fucking horny to be monogamous. He was too horny. And I don't even want to say that he's a bad guy. I just think... He's a horny guy. He's a horny player, and that's fine. No judgment on how you live your life. But if you know that that's the type of guy you are, and you're not meant to be in a monogamous relationship, you're not meant to be committed to someone, married to someone, then don't do it, you know? And I think that he he also knew that it wasn't right. Maybe Tom was in denial. Maybe he's not a bad guy, but the deceit was not just to Luann, but to himself. I can be this guy. I can get married. Mm. Me and Luann, we love to ski together, right? Remember he proposed to her when they went to some fucking ski outing, I think in Aspen or something, right? Yeah. When someone asked, they were like, well, what do you guys have in common? And Luann goes... Well, you, we have a lot in common, but, you know, we like to ski and we... We love tennis. Love tennis and we It was we like love... sports. Like, they just love to play the same yeah. sports. <laughs> and then she... That's all. She's like, and... She, like, goes back to the skiing again. She's like, and we love snow. And I'm like, dude, you have two things in common and they're actually, like, very, like, normal, beloved activities by, like, half the population. Like, it's not special that those are the two things you have in common. It was tennis, skiing, and drinking. And drinking, literally. I'm like, they must have gotten proposed when they were, like, wasted. Must mm-hmm. have gotten engaged. So, this happened. It's insanely dramatic. I highly recommend uh, anyone watches it. Um, it's so good. But also, can I say, if you're going to watch Roni and you've never watched it, you have to start from season one. Don't do this, like, weird start halfway through thing. Like, start season one and watch it chronologically because it is so much about how they grow and the relationships and the the history and it's just uh, it just is amazing (laughs) i will say this if you don't want to start from season one then i recommend starting from season seven episode one no start well because there's a continuity i think season seven through season 11 is almost its own storyline and we've talked about this it's its own story the bethany saga part two and it's the Luann, you know, yep. saga, really. I mean, it's really about Luann, but obviously it's the Bethany comeback and her second stint on the show. And yeah. it's so consistent. Whereas the first six seasons, I mean, season four, honestly, is terrible. I love Roni. It's the only bad season, but it's a bad season. Season four is the only bad season, I will say. And it's a little bit of a slow, like, rise to the comfortability and, like, the show figuring out its voice. And then, obviously, once it does, it's like, bang, bang has a one-off season, season four, and then season five is great, season six is great, but the cast changes a lot throughout those years, whereas yeah. season seven through season 11 is super consistent, and again, there's this thread throughout those five seasons, mainly being the Luan rise and fall. Yeah, and I, 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 okay, okay, fine, but I just think everything is so much more worth it i can't speak but should we have watch, another shot if you watch them from their humble beginning season one up to throughout it just is so satisfying and i just am a believer in you know you see them from their roots and you watch them grow into whatever the fuck they are now and it's so amazing so i'm just saying start from season one if you have the time which you all do because what are we doing agreed all right <laughs> so luann finds out tom cheats on her but they still decide to move forward with the engagement and wedding. Right, you brought up that Barbara quote. 
That informs a lot of it. Luann just wants to prove everyone wrong. She has to go through with the wedding. So even though Tom cheated on her, and even though there are more cheating rumors throughout the next year, and not just cheating rumors, rumors of Tom cheating on Luann again at the Regency Hotel. He do be at the Regency. He loves the Regency. They ultimately get married on December 31st, New Year's Eve, 2016. We talked about it, this gorgeous wedding. Dorinda is one of the bridesmaids. She's actually the only other cast member uh, to be invited because (laughs) she was the only cast member that endorsed the wedding. (laughs) Oh, I love that no one was invited. (laughs) Well, they all were like, you shouldn't marry this guy. Yeah. Why would they go be invited, let alone go to a wedding that they don't support? So this happens during season nine and before actually the end of the season finale of season nine. Remember, they meet during season eight. They announce their divorce on August 3rd, 2017. Uh, Luann and Tom uh, announced their divorce. Of course, not officially yet divorced, but they announced that they will divorce. And Luann uh, tweets out, quote, It's with great sadness that Tom and I agreed to divorce. We care for each other very much. Hope you respect our privacy during this sad time. End quote. A part of what spurred this on is that during the season finale, which actually aired August 9th, 2017. Remember, they get divorced six days before that, or uh, agree to get divorced six days before that. However, the housewives see these episodes well ahead of time. Yeah. Because they have to, or at least they used to have to write blogs about them. They had to be prepared to uh, do press for them. So they always watched the episodes well ahead of time. So Luann actually had already seen the season finale, but we see the season finale six days after the divorce announcement. And there is damning footage of Tom where he basically implicates himself in an affair he has this like really creepy and sleazy moment where he's like the last time I saw Missy and he's talking to Missy and, and I think a few other people. And then he says, I got I got to unplug this thing. And he starts like fumble with his mod- microphone. Yeah. He's like D Mike. I forgot. He takes his mic off sketch. Yeah. So you kind of get the story there. He yep. was still cheating on Luann and they are married at this point. Like maybe you could forgive what happened before the marriage. Right. They're married at this point. Um, <laughs> and again, since the reunion was also filmed uh, before the finale and, of course, filmed before the divorce, you know, you have Luann at the reunion talking about how their relationship was really on the rocks, you know. And she didn't really talk about, obviously, the end of their marriage because she didn't know at the time that their marriage was going to end. But about a month after, you know, the finale, on September 6, 2017, Luann would do a special with Andy Cohen, a one-on-one sit-down where she actually addresses the divorce head-on, even though we already got some crumbs. Like, during the reunion, she was saying like that she was actually staying at a hotel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it makes me so sad. <laughs> As we laugh. <laughs> I know. I might feel bad for laughing, but also it's like... I don't know. You laugh through all of their pain while still feeling their pain on the show. It's a voyeuristic endeavor watching these shows. We we have to acknowledge that. And by the way, Luann is in a way better place, we can say. 
yeah. not being with Tom. I mean, I don't think they were compatible, even though they both played tennis pretty well with each other. <laughs> and liked the snow. Um, but on that special, she said that she obviously ignored all the red flags. How? And she said that she should have waited before marrying him. Um, but she said, quote, it was the week before the reunion, basically, and Tom went out and he called an old girlfriend and they met up. And I didn't know about it until I found out the next day in the press. That, for me, oh my was the final straw, end quote. So, I mean, this guy was relentless. He just couldn't help himself. Yeah. And, like, once again, I'm not judging anyone's lifestyle choices, but just, like, don't get married then if that's what you want to do. Like, go live your life, do it, but don't fucking drag someone else into it and kind of... I believe that Luann wants to be married. She... And she even says in the show, it's like, she's like, I just want to be married. Like, I don't think she cared who she was married to. She just wanted to be married. She likes to have a partner. She likes, she enjoyed her single years. But I think at her core, Luann is meant to be with someone. She's supposed to have a partner. She's supposed to have a life partner to share life with. And she just would take anyone at that point. And I think Tom knew that. And so for me, it's like, if you want to be the little playboy that you are, cool, but don't fucking tangle someone else into it, tangle up someone's life, their feelings. It's just inconsiderate, and it sucks. And Luann really got the short end of the stick with it, because, like, Luann was faithful. Luann was always there for him. And she just got fucked over. It sucks. And like we've been saying, she was just delusional. She said in that special quote, I had that moment of, oh, my God, I had these blinders, and all of a sudden they came off. I thought... This is not good. End quote. So finally, she kind of like snapped out of it. Like whatever Kool-Aid she was drinking, she snapped out of it. And she was no longer mesmerized by Tom. However, even though she wasn't mesmerized by Tom, the impact of the marriage and the divorce, so the failure of that marriage, still was there. So let's get into the arrest. This, we haven't even gotten to the scandal yet, but this is all, it all leads up because you need to know the background for it to make sense. Yeah, then it doesn't make sense. So, shortly after the divorce, season 10 starts filming. During a break in the filming of season 10, and remember, the show films during fall and winter. So, there's usually a break during the holidays. Luann leaves New York to go to a wedding in Chile, but she decides to stop in Palm Beach. Why is that significant? That's where she got married just the year before. And Tom has a house there. Like, they spent a lot of time there. Yes. Great point. Great point. So he had a place in New York and Palm Beach. So that, to her, probably is Tom. Like, if she thinks it's Palm Beach, she thinks of Tom. Yeah. So she stops in Palm Beach. And mind you, this is less than a year after they got married. This is just months after they get divorced. Let's get to the big moment. Christmas uh, Eve 2017. Luann is arrested on charges of battery on an officer, disorderly intoxication, resisting arrest with violence, and crimes against a person. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> it's, it's literally insane. There's video. Yes. Obviously, you're going to talk about the video, but... The video evident, like the video, whatever, of her getting arrested is incredibly psychotic. Like, it is one of the craziest things I've ever seen on, like, camera. 
She's blacked out. She's blacked out. And it's just deranged. She doesn't have any control of her body or what she's saying. Mm. So let's get into some of the details. Arrested at 1.25 a.m., like I said, for battery, for public intoxication, for making threats against a public servant. And that's what we see just in the booking document from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's uh, Office. We also find out that she threatened the police officer by saying, quote, I'm going to kill you all, end quote. Mm -hmm. Just to affirm all of our context, in a statement that she would release the very same day of her arrest, she she says, quote, this was my first time in Palm Beach since my wedding. And being here brought up buried emotions. I am committed to a transformative and hopeful 2018, end quote. Lou, why did you go there? So psychotic. So like we said, the video footage is just wild. She's belligerently drunk. She repeatedly says, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Here is one of the craziest moments of this whole thing. And when we get into the details of the story, it's just kind of a comedy of errors and like... Every error is more insane than the preceding one. Yeah, like just when you think it's over, there's more. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> um, but near the end of this whole spectacle, she slips out of her handcuffs, which just makes everything worse. And it's just unbelievable. Like, how does one slip out of their handcuffs? Literally insane. But she does, and that's when she starts attacking the police officer. Mm-hmm. So before I get into Luann's retelling of what happened, because we have this great scene, I'm sure you remember, Rai, during season 10, where she actually tells the, the detailed uh, story of what happened. But before I get into that, I want to go into what the police report said. It says that Luann and a male friend entered the wrong hotel room in the Colony Hotel in Palm Beach. She did have another hotel room booked. But to the police, it's unclear why she entered the wrong room. At that point, a security guard tried to uh, get Luann and her male friend to leave. But the security guard was unsuccessful and had to contact the authorities. At that point, Luann would lock herself in the bathroom, would refuse to leave the hotel room altogether. But when she eventually opened the bathroom door, she would shove the security guard and resist arrest. As I mentioned, after she was arrested, she would slip out of her handcuffs, try to escape the police car, and start attacking the police. She would yell, quote, I'm going to fucking kill you. She tried to hold the police car door open by kicking it, and the police officer had to physically restrain her. It's, like, aggressive, too. Like, it's not, like, a simple, like push on the shoulder like sit down like it's like aggressive oh she's motivated highly motivated yeah so that's what the police report states Luann's side of the story is even better because we get way more color we understand why she enters the wrong room yeah and the way she tells it is actually very funny and self-deprecating and mm-hmm. light-hearted and that's when we start to see Luann seemingly come out of this spiral at least we believe Okay, like I said, there's a lot more that goes down. And we're already an hour into this podcast. (laughs) So Luann's side of the story, well, for one, she dispels a rumor that she was with this 
young dude in his 20s. That was one of the rumors at the time that she was with this like really young guy. Of course, you know, that's always salacious for an older woman to be with a young guy. She says she was with this polo player who was her age. Apparently, they had had a long history. They, they had been dating before she actually met Tom. And they went back to the hotel together at the colony. And then she was going to bring him up to her room. Um, but in the elevator, Luann accidentally presses the button for the fourth floor when her room was actually on the third floor. Classic messed up. While she's on the fourth floor, she drops her bag while looking for her room key. And as the polo player, as we'll call him, went to pick up her bag, she finds this room that was unlocked and walks inside. The reason why it was unlocked is because a maid was actually in the room cleaning it at the time. Right. So that's why it was open. So she walks in. And the polo player doesn't know what's going on, obviously. He doesn't know that it's not a room. So he just follows her into the room, right? And they start hooking up. <laughs> I think she describes it like on the show. She's like, you know, you when you're in a passionate lovemaking, you stumble into the room and throw yourself against the wall and kissing. You care, yeah, you don't care where you are. You're just in the moment. Like she's like making it sound like this like romantic rendezvous. I'm like girl, you were blacked out. Like, you probably stumbled over there. It was probably, like, the least sexy thing ever. (laughs) So, the maid, seeing all this, obviously calls security because she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, security comes up, tries to explain to Luann that she's in the wrong room, but she's too intoxicated to understand what's going on. Right. Luann even jokingly says that there was, like, lots of evidence in the room that it just wasn't hers including a BlackBerry. And she's like, I don't own a BlackBerry. (laughs) We love a BlackBerry moment. (laughs) Luann is strictly team iPhone. That's when the police arrive. They handcuff Luann. And Luann even says that she accidentally closes a bathroom door in the face of an officer. Um, (laughs) The rumors of her kicking the officer were untrue. Um, it was just all an accident. So that's Luann's retelling of the event. That's what really went down as opposed to the more vague details of the police report. And it's actually really funny if anyone wants to watch that episode during season 10. Yeah, it's... I do remember her describing it because she makes it... She, like, romanticizes it almost. Right. I'm like, nothing about this was at all classy, but she kind of, like, made it seem like it was like, I was caught up in the moment. And I'm like... You're so black, like you're so blacked out. Oh my gosh! And if you see the video, because it's like a dash cam or whatever, of her um, in the back of the police car, it's like truly wild. Like I've been that drunk for sure, but like she's like violent and she's angry, and it makes me like it's like clearly she was drinking to forget her feelings, and mm-hmm. her feelings, you know, that's never a good idea. If you are emotional and sad and in a bad place, drinking is not going to help you. And, oh my gosh, it comes out in this like insane way. I'm so happy that there's police footage of it because it's truly wild. I think you're right. There was a rage inside Luann. She was pissed off at Tom, but she obviously never had that cathartic moment. So yeah. her getting blackout drunk in Palm Beach, 
you know, back where she got married, back where they spent all that time together. Mm-hmm. All that rage came out. And of course, the context doesn't help, right? Like, someone is arresting her. Like, she, like that just makes you even more rage-filled. Right. But you can tell. I mean, you could see it. Like you said, that video evidence, it's almost a Zapruder film-esque evidence for Housewives fans. Like, to actually see the machinations right there in front of you instead of, like, reading some police report. Like, you, you actually see the most rock-bottom moment, I would say, of Luann's life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It only reaffirms the fact that all that rage wasn't directed at the police officer. It was Tom. Mm-hmm. She's seeing Red because she's seeing Tom. Like, all of that is just a fuck you to Tom. She wanted to go hook up with that guy as a fuck you to Tom. Yeah, and it's a trigger. Like, you're in the city that you got married to this guy in that that reminds you of this guy. Like, you know, you have... Physical places bring you memories and you have connections to places with people with... Oh, yeah. All these memories. Oh, and smells course, can do it, too. Yeah. And going to someone... Going to the city where you spent so much time with, with this guy who fucked you over, like, it's going to be a trigger. Or... It's psychology 101, baby. Yeah, and that's why she would say later, I think in season 10, like, it was a massive mistake for me to go to Palm Beach. I should have never gone. Right. Which everyone's like, yeah. That close to her wedding day, too, what should have been her one-year anniversary. It's not like she went some random day. Maybe it would have been different if she went in July. She went six days before her one-year anniversary, or what was supposed to be her one-year anniversary. Yeah. Huge mistake. Huge. Yeah, not the smartest move, Lulu. So let's get into the aftermath of the arrest. Luann immediately checks into rehab for 21 days. Um, She completes her uh, rehab stint before the end of January 2018. She would tweet on January 23rd, 2018, saying, quote, It's good to be home. I'm doing great. Spending time with friends and family. Thanking everyone for your continued good wishes and support. End quote. Uh, season 10 airs and um, some of the important notes from season 10 after rehab Luann would launch her cabaret show called Countess and Friends <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> which was immensely popular for uh, years prior to the pandemic of course I went I wish you had gone Rai you would have loved it I'm so mad that I wasn't a fan uh, when this was a show going on because I, I'm, I remember when it came to Chicago and I would have freaking gone if I had watched the show already. I would have been there in a heartbeat. I have never seen such a concentration of absolutely wasted people. Every mm-hmm. single person there was blitzed. I, I don't mean to, to exaggerate this because I'm, I can't exaggerate it. Like, you may say, well, haven't you been to a bar? Yeah. And you go to a bar, a lot of people are just having a beer or two or three. Every single person at Countess and Friends was effed up. Gone. What theater? The Wiltern. Oh, I can't. She got the Wiltern? Good yes. for her. Yes, she got the Wiltern. <laughs> Everyone was gone, fully lit. So that was a great time. So she does count as some friends. She also has a strong finish to season 10. Uh, I don't know if you agree, Rye, but I would say so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so crazy because, it, like you said, we see her probably lowest point of her entire life. And she's gone through a divorce, you know, like it's so much lower and it's to also have it play out so publicly in the tabloids. Like, like I said, I didn't even know the show. I didn't never knew who she was. And I remember this happening. 
And to have to deal with it, not only in the tabloids, but then on a TV show and just all this stuff. It just must have been, I can't even imagine. I just remember feeling so bad for her because I'm like, we've all made mistakes. Have I tried to kill a police police officer? No. But I've done some shitty things and it would suck to have it be so public. I think, I remember talking about it with you or someone. Just being like, the actual act of like getting arrested, whatever, like a lot of people get arrested. It's the fact that it was so public that the footage got released and she had to deal with it and have all, you know, the whole world, not the whole world, but (laughs) have a lot of people like, you know, critiquing her and and experiencing it. That to me must have been the hardest part like to deal with. Not even like going to court and dealing with all that, whatever you can get through that, but having to do it in the public eye, just, I can't even imagine. It sounds awful. And she handled it well in the beginning. She rose from the ashes like a phoenix she transformed overnight into a fan favorite luann historically an incredibly polarizing housewife like you said you didn't like her and then you really liked her yeah people love her people hate her everyone loved her season 10 she just came off as very zen in my view like i said she had these like self-deprecating moments Mm -hmm. and it was a bit unusual for luann because she had this reputation of being very self-serious, but she appeared like as authentic as ever. And she was like cracking jokes about the arrest. Mm-hmm. People would joke about Luann being the countess. You mm-hmm. have to have proper manners at the table. She wrote a book on etiquette. Yeah. But then she fully leaned into herself, which was kind of like a partying, not so self-serious person, like someone who liked to have fun and you mm-hmm. finally got to see that really authentic side of Luann in the back half of season 10 post-arrest. I mean, I said it once, I'll say it again. I think her getting arrested is the best thing that ever happened to her. Mm-hmm. Because it did make people, like... I think it allowed her to sh- finally shed that idea that she's high and mighty. That she kind of always even if she wasn't acting that way, it always kind of had this air around her of like, I'm a little bit like classier and better than everyone. It it allowed her to shed that finally. It allowed her to make fun of herself. It allowed the audience to be like, okay, this woman is not as put together as she makes herself seem. I, I loved post-arrest, post-rehab Luann <laughs> for a bit. Season 11, I remember being like, eh, okay, girl. And we'll get but into then- it. But then she comes back, and, you know, she's she's back on top again. So Luann would tell Us Magazine in April of 2018, just a few months out of rehab, that she had, quote, gotten past her dark period. She also said, quote, I'm not totally through it completely, but I'm optimistic it's going to turn out well, and everything is going in that direction for me, so I feel very positive, end quote. In court on May 25th of 2018, Luann's attorney... Doug Duncan said that she would accept a plea deal and plead guilty to lesser misdemeanor charges than the ones that we spoke about. Obviously, the original charges were felonies that were carrying heavy sentences like battery on a law enforcement officer. That's a third-degree felony, could carry five years in prison. The disorderly intoxication charge, that's a second-degree misdemeanor. Um, Resisting an officer, that's another third-degree felony, which could also carry five years, right? Uh, but she would plead guilty to lesser 
charges, and ultimately at her August 29th court appearance, she would officially plead guilty to battery, trespassing, and disorderly intoxication, and would fully avoid jail time in addition to avoiding felony charges as long as she would abide by the conditions of her parole. So this is actually when we did the first podcast. Okay, yeah. Like a week after this happened. But even more happened after this. We'll get into it. Her conditions of her parole were that she would serve 50 hours of community service. She would have to attend two Alcoholics Anonymous meetings per week. She would have to submit to random testing for one year of probation. Uh, She couldn't possess or consume alcohol or illegal drugs. She had to attend a victim impact class organized by Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD. And she would have to write an apology letter to Deputy Stephen O'Leary, which she had reportedly already completed by her August 29th court appearance. I love that she had to write a letter that's so, like, childish. (laughs) An apology letter to the deputy that she, like, kicked the door into. Say sorry to him now. (laughs) Like, are we 12? Um, However, let's backtrack a little bit because during the summer of 2018, in the lead-up to her court appearance where she, you know, pled guilty and and accepted, you know, the the terms of her parole, she had actually relapsed. Uh uh She she uh was sober for... Basically six months, right? But she relapsed before the end of season 10 airing. So they had already finished filming it, but she relapsed before season 10 uh, completed airing. And she actually relapsed right before they were going to film the season 10 reunion. And she had to miss the reunion to check herself back into rehab on July 16th. 2018 and this is just days after news broke of her kids noel and victoria who appeared on the show quite a bit in the early years yeah and her ex-husband alex sued her over a real estate dispute and we'll get into that a little bit later but bravo's initial statement they said quote Bravo supports Luann's decision to focus on her health. She's a part of the Bravo family, and we continue to stand by her as she copes with this challenging situation. At this time, we hope everyone will respect her privacy. End quote. Here was a fascinating tidbit. I think a lot of people would say unexpected based on their history. Luann would authorize Bethany to speak on her behalf. Bethany would actually become Luann's greatest champion and spokesperson at this time. Uh-huh. Again, they had a rough history. We kind of got into it a little bit with Bethany revealing that Tom cheated on Luann. But before that, they butted heads a lot. Yeah, they Yeah, they have a history. The invite, her inviting herself to the party, it's a whole thing. So for Bethany to be her spokesperson, that's kind of a big twist. Yeah. Bethany would say, quote, this weekend Luann was surrounded by her girlfriends and decided with their support that in light of recent circumstances, it is the healthiest choice for her not to attend Tuesday's reunion taping so that she can continue in her healing process. Luann is now surrounded by a core group of people who truly have her best interests at heart and who are working to make sure she gets the help she needs. Recent 
additional family stress was a catalyst to her taking a break. It's a brave and honest decision by her, and everyone is rallying around her and wants the best for her. End quote. So, what's this legal scuffle? Well, she wanted to purchase, what we know at the time is that there was this $8 million potential house sale, and according to court documents at the time, she had breached this stipulation in her divorce settlement that mandated that she create a trust for the benefit of her two children. Luann said, quote, I found out about this whole story with the count that I was getting sued in the press. That was devastating. I felt betrayed, end quote. What Count Alex and Victoria and Noel were claiming was that Luann had purchased this $3.1 million home in 2013 without creating a trust that was mandated and that would entitle the kids to the home. And they also claimed that Luann then threatened to sell that home, even though it should have been in a trust for the kids, and that she was trying to buy a new home in upstate New York without giving the kids their entitled share of the funds. So that's why they were suing to mandate that the court block the house sale, that there would be an injunction to block the house sale because she was going to breach their agreement. In September 2018, Luann said that she had reconciled with her kids and that everything was going well. She had, you know, another special with Andy Cohen because she wasn't at the reunion. <laughs> so it was two specials in a row. This was her ploy to get two specials of just herself. This is classic Luann. <laughs> That's why I say Luann season 7 through 11. It's just the greatest <laughs> reality TV run ever. It's so good. Back-to-back seasons. She has a special because she just couldn't get out the real story during the reunion. And that's the time to get out the, the story in Real Housewives. Yeah. yeah. And basically, she tells Andy that it was all a mistake, but we're all fine now. You know, we, we spent Labor Day together and everything's going well. But let's jump ahead to March of 2019. Season 11 of Roni begins airing. And Luann actually does an interview with Us Weekly where she says, quote, I take it day by day. Every day is a struggle and I'm no different than anyone else. I do the best I can do. I get on the stage and that keeps me busy and it keeps me focused on my cabaret. And I get to put my creative energy into that and it keeps me out of trouble. I'm just doing yoga and taking care of myself and hanging out with less people that are prone to partying. (laughs) (laughs) She also said that she filmed an entire season without drinking. If you can get through the housewives without drinking, you can get through anything. Chirou. Well, (laughs) (laughs) just take that for the foreshadowing it is, listeners. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Season 11 premieres March 6th, 2019. And the season opens with Bethany, still as Luann's champion, being in her corner, being her closest confidant and advisor. Like I said earlier, the season's film during fall and winter, right? So we are on the heels of Luann's relapse, her second rehab stint, as we are watching this show in March of 2019. But what we're witnessing is the end of summer of 2018, right? So the the season opens, like I said, with, you know, Bethany being, you know, staunchly on Luann's side and really guiding Luann through this process of sobriety, and trying to get through, obviously, her probation, which is very important. On the second episode of season 11, 
Bethany gives us great revelations about what went down with Luann's intervention, which I alluded to earlier with Bethany's quote when she says that Luann was around a core group of friends ahead of her second stint in rehab. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So, Bethany says in this episode, quote, that night on intervention weekend, it was an emergency. Luann had been making a lot of irrational financial decisions. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's actually... So stressful. It's literally so stressful, the things that this woman does. It's insane. You put it so well earlier, Rai. She always thinks she's doing the right thing, but to everyone else, it's insane. There is no rationale for what she's doing, but Luann <laughs> it has so much conviction in what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Barbara, who you mentioned earlier? Uh, love Barb's. She has a, a lot of great insight in this scene as well. So, Barbara, if you all don't remember, because we've said a lot of names this episode, Barbara is the person who uh, was caught on a hot mic saying that Luann was just going to get married to get married. She she wanted to prove everyone wrong. And she wasn't on the show yet. And then season 11, she is introduced as a friend of. We explained that concept earlier. And Brenda is... Um, Barbara. Brenda. Brenda. Barbara is one of Luann's friends of many, 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 many years. So Barbara gives us a little more color on that whole real estate fiasco I just described. She says... Quote, Luann was trying to buy a $6 million mansion in upstate New York. Luann then says that she was calling everybody she knew for the $6 million, and there weren't many on that list, but yeah. Dennis was one of them. Oh my God, Dennis. Dennis, rest in, peace. rest in peace. Dennis, for all of you who don't know, was Bethany's ex-fiance. He died of a drug overdose. That same summer, actually. The summer of 2018. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) That was the darkest spoiler alert we've ever done. I know. It's a really dark storyline, but... Bethany then says during this scene, quote, she got mad at me and was telling everyone that Bethany is a bad person because she won't give me $6 million for this house. (laughs) Just normal things to expect from people. Like that one time, Rye, I got mad at you because you wouldn't give me $6 million for that house? It was just a ridiculous question to ask when you know what I'm going through. (laughs) (laughs) So Luann said, quote, I wanted that house more than anything. I would have sold my soul at that point. Luann would go on to say that she was sober for months, but then she was starting to gradually drink. After the lawsuit from her kids, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. She said that yeah. she polished off two bottles of rosé and that still wasn't enough. So she got fully blacked out. I'm like, I've done two bottles of rosé before, babe. I'm not trying to buy a $6 million house. Okay. But right, that wasn't enough. So she had more, obviously. Yeah, true. Come on. Tell me you could survive two bottles of rosé and whatever else was in Luann's system. Girl, you know me. <laughs> true. <laughs> I've had three bottles during this podcast. It's so long. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> True. So Sonia, Barbara, and Bethany, who are all at this dinner talking about what went down the summer before. Again, we're finally getting the details. We had the vague details from the tabloids, but we're finally getting, you know, the play-by-play. The real behind-the-scenes, the 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 behind-the-curtain. Sonia, Barbara, and Bethany, they were all a part of that core group that Bethany talked about in that statement. 
they were describing how Luan was sending these erratic emails in an attempt to buy this home. Listed at $5 million, but Luann is saying that she'll go for $6 million and even up to $8 million. The uh, the house owner is like, um, we'll we'll take five. She's like, I'll give you seven. They're like, five is plenty. <laughs> eight. <laughs> She's like, fine, eight. It is. They're like, what? <laughs> Bidding against herself. Yeah. They would take her phone and then send follow up emails saying to disregard the prior email. Mm. Barbara then reveals that they called attorneys and that she got the power of attorney. Barbara herself. Yes, Barbara. Bethany would block all the calls block the emails and that was it Luann would then say I'm glad you remember because I don't remember a damn thing (laughs) oh Lou then throughout season 11 Rye I'm sure you remember this very well having just watched it Mm, cringe it's full cringe we see Luann at her worst we see basically early season Luann but on steroids super smug super arrogant the narcissism, the lack of self-awareness. Luann would later go on to justify it by saying, I had to care for myself. And to care for yourself, you have to be a little bit self-centered. But it was so extreme. And I get it. She was going through a lot of hardship, focusing on sobriety, focusing on her mental health. But the way it came across was that she did not give a damn about anybody. Didn't give a damn about anyone. And also, she was acting like... It was like very... Well, my life has been so hard that nobody else's right. things matter because of what I went through. I have to be like, I'm the strongest person. I have the most like drama. My story is the most important. Care about me. And it was like, they did care about you, but they're not, it, they can't focus on you for the rest of their lives. You know, they have to also care for themselves as well. And she just kind of had this air about her of like, what I'm doing is so important and so much better than everyone else because of what I went through. And it is very hard to watch. It's like mm-hmm. how we talked about season 10. She was, she instantly became like a fan favorite. Everyone loved her season 11. It's like, she's the enemy again. She's, if you guys watch Bravo shows, every season kind of <laughs> has like the enemy of the season. And it was very much the man. She was, was the villain. She was the villain. Yeah, the villain, not the enemy. Villain's a better word. And the enemy. It was hard to watch. Hard to all watch. that goodwill she built up, all that equity in season 10 completely vanished in season 11. That is rare. I mean, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely like season a- to season, it can flip, but that was one of the most extreme flips I've seen. Very extreme. And But then in classic Luann fashion, season 12, every, you know, she goes back to being very well-liked. So yeah. <laughs> she had a stint of just being... Very arrogant, very um, pretentious, and it was just awful to watch. And I don't know. I get it because she was like, you know, I had to, I had to put myself first to get through mm-hmm. this, and I get that. But the way she went about it was just so annoying. <laughs> and this leads to another crucial revelation, or a series of crucial revelations, which happens during Bethany's late season Miami meltdown. Oh, yes. Classic. Oh, my God. So good. I watched it about three times. Three times is not enough. It should be nine times. Yeah. I mean, I said three on the lower side. I <laughs> yeah, think probably I watched... more. It also like expand. It also like the scene lasts like two episodes, too. It's like the end of one episode and the beginning of the next episode. So I think I went back between the two like multiple times. It is so 
good. It's just like instant reality TV classic moment. It's just instantly classic. And there are few meltdowns greater than that. And it comes from Bethany, but it is spurred on by Luann's behavior, her destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. So it all mm-hmm. comes about because of everything we described throughout the season. And then they're in Miami, and Luann is being as insufferable as ever as Bethany would call her during this meltdown. You know, Luann is only focusing on herself. She ditches everybody to go look at a poster of herself in Miami. Oh, iconic. All the while, like you said, Rai, she didn't care about anyone else. Barbara was going through a lot of hardships, so they're at this dinner. Uh And Barbara says, Luann, you haven't been there for me at all, and I stopped my entire life for you. I stopped everything for you. And Luann is totally dismissive and flippant about the accusation, and she offers some sort of lame hug. Yeah. She acts smug. She then mocks even Tinsley, who was standing up for Barbara. Tinsley, yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. <laughs> and the reason why Tinsley says that is because Tinsley slurs her words while she's standing up for Barbara, saying, you never st- 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 stood up for her. And then Luann goes, and everyone's like, oh, really? Oh, really, Lou? You're one to talk about intoxication? Right. And it's it's so, it makes me so angry. I'm like, that's just so rude of someone to do, Luann, especially Luann, of all people, to mock someone for being drunk. So Bethany has a full-blown meltdown because of this, calls her insufferable, and then... Like cabaret. Yes, we get that great quote. Bethany calls out Luann for never checking in on her since Dennis died. Again, speaking of how Luann did not care about anyone else, Bethany's fiancé had just died of an overdose, and she reminds Luann the great irony that Bethany had led her intervention. Yeah. And her ex-fiancé is, quote, in the ground, end quote, from a drug overdose. That's how Bethany puts it. And she's like, do you not see that? And you've never asked me about how I'm doing. You've never checked in on me. And Luann disputes this. She doesn't care. She says, she says, what do you mean? You've never checked in on me. And everyone disputes that. They're saying, no, Bethany constantly checks in on you. She was your greatest champion over the summer, her and Barbara. Right. And you could see the hurt in everyone's voices. They're all saying, we love you. We love you. You know, uh, Sonia chimes in saying, we wouldn't be so upset if we didn't love you. You're not persona non grata because Luann's like, oh, now I'm persona non grata. I see it. I'm just going to leave. And Bethany's like, the truth hurts. I'm sorry, but the truth hurts. And you see Ramona, she's starting to cry. She's saying, you're missing her pain. You're not getting it. This is so sad. This is so sad. It's actually one of the most melodramatic scenes you'll ever see on TV. But it's also one of the only times where Ramona's tears felt genuine. Right. So I will give her that. I will give her that. It's incredible. Yeah. And you you get that line from Bethany that you alluded to. Cabaret, 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 cabaret all day. Life is not a cabaret. It is actually not a cabaret. And then she just explodes. And when I say explode, I'm actually understating it. Yeah, it's it's truly a blow up. It's one of the craziest moments on the show, in my opinion, of all 12 seasons. Or of any show. Any show, yeah. And she starts screaming, you never checked in on Dennis, not once. You never asked about Dennis. Every day it's about you. Every fucking day it's about you. Every fucking second it's about you. 
And then Bethany gets extremely exasperated and she starts screaming, I took weeks out of my life for you. I had lawyers come to your house on a Sunday, spoke to your kids. I spoke to your kids. I sat outside on the driveway just to make sure that you didn't drive your car. You almost crashed the car and killed your friends. You were running in a field in a negligee and had to be taken in cop cars and I made sure that they didn't record it so that you ultimately didn't get arrested. You left the fucking rehab that I got you for free two weeks early. So just in this huge outburst, you get so much more color on what really went down over that summer. Luann's uh. story is just rich with these crazy just details and and rock bottom moments that you know you don't even get on the show. Mm-hmm. And, and mind mm-hmm. you, like you said, Ryan, we got that dash cam video, but fuck, I mean, running in the field in a negligee, we, we still don't know all the details of that story, but in this little outburst, which maybe is five to ten seconds, you get so much more story, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> it, it's truly incredible. Luann then interrupts Bethany, and she just adamantly denies that she left early. She's like, but I didn't leave two weeks early. Well, well, I left a week early because I had to go to work and that's when Bethany just loses it. She's like, yes, you did. Yes, you did. It was for cabaret. You're a sicko. For cabaret, you left rehab. I got it for free. You're sick. You're a sicko is so good. Yeah, because she doesn't say it like the way I say it. She's like, you're a sicko. Yeah. She's screaming and they're in a restaurant, by the way, you guys. <laughs> That's the if best part. tables of diners like surrounded them. <laughs> yeah, they're in public. They're not at home, you yeah. know, in private. So. They're at a restaurant, Al Fresca. Yeah, and I had I had actually watched this scene on YouTube before I had watched the show because I remember when it happened, it was all over the internet of like the insane scene of Bethany's breakdown. So I remember watching it on YouTube before I had watched it because I'm like, I need to see what everyone's talking about. And it is incredible television as this entire show is. So Luann jumps in. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's when Bethany just starts bawling and hyperventilating. And she's like, you know what I'm talking about? You didn't ask me once about how I am about Dennis. You didn't ask me because you're so up your own ass. And like you said, Rye kind of spans two episodes. They uh, Luann leaves you know, the dinner. She comes back. She comes back. <laughs> right. She comes back. <laughs> She storms out, comes back five minutes later, the whole thing. <laughs> um, but Bethany would address her Miami meltdown later that summer, June 20th of 2019. And she says, quote, it was an explosion and a reaction to many things. Obviously, yeah. no one acts like that in a restaurant, no matter what's happened. There was a boiling point. But there was something that I was observing in her that just really triggered me. I mean, you've seen it before with me and with her. There's something that happens where I'm like, why are you saying you invented the skinny girl margarita, you know? And I just had it, end quote. Bethany is kind of actually uh, referencing a season eight moment where she screamed at Luann, called her a slut and a whore. They've had a lot of these blow-ups. They kind of get really close, and then they get at each other's throats like like no other. It's my favorite relationship. (laughs) But basically, on this uh, appearance on Watch What Happens Live on, on June 20th, 2019, she would basically, you know, confirm what we all thought, which is that you know, it was more than just Luann's actions. It was that her and Dennis had provided so much for her and she had no self-awareness, right? And she didn't care that Bethany had been going through so much. And and Bethany actually said, you know, I felt unhinged. She was fully unhinged. It's the only way to to describe that is unhinged. But she was rightly so. Yeah, rightly so. And she actually said, like, I w- I'm really thankful that everyone got it. And um, I don't want to act like that, but I appreciate that people were actually backing her. <laughs> you know, like she was she was actually more supported 
in that moment than Luann was. Like most people were on Bethany's side despite Bethany's blow up. But it was because Luann was just acting so terribly. Luann would tell Entertainment Tonight in June of 2019 as well that her and Bethany are, are in a good place. And uh, she said, quote, it was tough. I felt really bad because I know there were a lot of things going on in there and it wasn't just about me. It was a tough moment. And I think as we go back a long time, I think that friends do get angry at each other and they do yell at each other. If you don't care, you don't bother with people, right? So I thought it was a true show of her love for me, end quote. So at that point, Bethany and Luann were actually in a good place. But let's backtrack a little bit because before, you know, obviously we, we get that episode airing on TV and before we get their explanation um, in June of 2019, April 21st, 2019, Luann relapsed after drinking two glasses of mimosas after a performance she had in Chicago. Hey. You could have been there, Rye. I should have been there. This was actually a very serious moment because she could have actually, you know, gone back to jail. She violated the terms of her probation agreement. Yeah. So this was a big deal. And, and remember, she was able to evade felony charges by agreeing to the terms of her probation. She told Page Six at the time in a statement, quote, I take my sobriety very seriously, and like many in my situation, it is a daily struggle. I remain committed to doing whatever it takes to continue living a healthy, sober lifestyle, end quote. So Luann, obviously, in this moment, she's trying to cover her ass. Her probation officer said that this is actually the second time that she violated her probation because she had, quote, failed to provide sufficient documentation that she had completed her AA meetings, end quote. Her probation officer then said, quote, it appears to the court that she is not serious about her sobriety or the orders of this court. As stated on previous notifications, she has used her unlimited travel as a reason to be non-compliant with her conditions of supervision, end quote. So basically, Luann is using her cabaret as justification for not doing her... Anything. <laughs> her probation at all. Yeah. She's like, I'm a cabaret star. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And it gets a little scary for Luann at the time. The court then says that they have not yet made a decision on how to proceed with her case. So now her case is basically pending some sort of Mm -hmm. further judgment because she has violated her parole and who knows what will happen, right? Yeah. May 23rd, 2019, Luann actually goes back to jail. She was ordered back to jail for violating her probation, but she accepts a new plea deal Oh my god. <laughs> and she said, quote, these reports are false. I'm glad the judge was understanding once made aware of the evidence provided. I am now looking forward to completing my remaining few months of probation. I want to put this behind me and move forward with my life. End quote. According to the court documents, Luann's new probation rules included weekly telephone counseling, monthly in-person sessions with her psychiatrist, and She had to maintain a breathalyzer monitoring device as directed by her probation officer and would take Antabuse, which is a alcoholism medication. So she had these like new, you know, terms to her probation agreement that she had to now adhere to. And then she went on on Watch What Happens Live in July of 2019 and addressed her probation violation. She said, quote, 
The outcome was that I got stricter probation rules until the end of August. So I'm almost done. And then this will be behind me 100%. But I paid very dearly for the last year for one very big mistake. I'll be glad to put this behind me. And I feel like I learned a lot about myself in this year, end quote. You have rumors at this time, by the way, Rai. I don't know if you're aware of this, that she could, that maybe Luann would get fired from Roni, but TMZ debunked that. And in fact, TMZ sources said that, oh, Luann's job is not on the line at all because yeah. the execs are actually loving her storyline right now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like fucking giving half the plot of every season. <laughs> I mean, for a housewife, it's actually the messer you are, the, the less your job is in jeopardy. Yeah, the more likely you're able to stay. It's inverted from typical jobs because in typical jobs, the more messy you are, the more likely you are to be fired. But in housewives, the more clean and proper you are, the more you have your shit together, the more likely you'll get fired. It's like, oh, you're boring. Yeah, we don't want boring. And Luann has been anything but boring. Let's tell you that. However, the saga finally ends on August 28th, 2019 because her probation ends yep she said on instagram quote hi my friends i'm happy to say after a long difficult year i've made it through i'm humbled and grateful for this life lesson and ready to put the past behind me and move on with my life wish me luck thank you for your undying support over the years love always luann end quote and we actually see in the season 12 premiere so this is kind of the full end of the saga right here Mm-hmm. Luann go to court for the very last time with Sonia Morgan at her side to with come. Sonya. Do you remember this scene? Yeah, obviously. She goes with Sonia to fully complete her probation. It's this emotional moment, actually, where Luann cries in Sonia's arms and Luann mm-hmm. appears relieved and she says, It's finally over. I feel pretty damn good. I would kiss the ground, but it's cement. <laughs> And then they get a street hot dog. Don't they get a hot dog from the street vendor? It's actually a cute moment because the street vendor is like, is this the last time you'll be here? Like, is everything yeah. good? <laughs> like, I feel like... He, like, knows her. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Luann has gotten a lot of, like, post-court date street. hot dogs with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's finally over at that moment. And in an interview with TMZ Live the next day on August 29th, 2019... Luann said that she plans to stay sober. But a couple months later, she would go back to drinking again. And that's where we stand today. <laughs> Luann is drinking again. We see it on Roni season yeah. 12. But I will say she's way, she's always in control. We haven't really seen her drunk, drunk since then, but she'll have some drinks. She'll have a drink here and there. And I think that's all you can ask. Like we said, I don't think she's fully an alcoholic. I think she just doesn't mix well with alcohol when she's in distress. Which who does? Oh, but yeah, nobody does. And I think it's great that she's able to drink, still have fun, go out with her friends, party, but she's been making a lot better decisions, which is great for her. And she still can have fun and go out. And she doesn't drink every night. So she does go out and not drink a lot of the times too, which I think is all you can ask for in that situation. Yeah, like you said, far more in control. We used to see Luann fall in the bushes like she did in Mexico Ugh. season nine. I do miss that, Luann, but if it's not going to be good for her overall lifestyle, then I will support her being a little bit more in control, even though I do wish she would fall into the bushes again. And look, we may see that again, but if she's in a better place psychologically, then she's not going to have those rage-filled blackouts. She's going to have those 
loving blackouts that other people have, right? Like, we're like, oh, I love you. You're my best friend. Like, and that's what we used to see with Luann. That's like the season nine when they're in Tequila, yeah. Mexico, blackout. Ugh. Luann just being loving and everyone's hugging each other in the pool, having the best time. But so. the consequences of the divorce really impacted her psychologically. And she had this low moment. But at the end of the day, despite the turbulence, she made it out. And she's in a better place now than I, than I think she's ever been, arguably. I would agree. I think she is happy. I think she is healthy. I think she's this good in-between of the really put-together classy Luann, but also still the really fun, crazy cabaret Luann. And it, it, it was good. She was great in season 12. I don't remember ever being annoyed with her, no. um, especially compared to season 11 where she was insufferable. Um, it's great. And I, I love Luann. She's one of my favorites. I, <laughs> she's just so crazy. And cheers to that, Rye. Cheers to Luann's sobriety. Well, semi sobriety to her thriving. Cheers to Luann thriving. To Lou cool. thriving, to Lou thriving, to Lou thriving. Cheers. Um, I hope that this was a, uh, that this was a, uh, ad for our listeners to watch Roni, even though we just spoiled the entire show for you. Um, that was a full-blown hashtag fair. ad for Bravo and Roni. <laughs> to be fair, I knew all of this stuff happened before watching the show too, and it's still just as riveting. Um, <laughs> if you haven't watched it, please watch it. It's so good. I didn't think I was going to like it. I was never someone who was like, I want to watch The Real Housewives. And when I tell you it got me through this fucking year and through this quarantine and this pandemic, it was the one of the very few bright spots of this year for me so please watch it if you haven't it's so worth your time it really is and thank you guys so much for joining us on this ride right here on this podcast <laughs> and if we did inspire you to watch roni then tweet at us at holly shook pod and let us know if we did inspire you to watch it let us know what you think about it let us know what you think about luann and we're looking forward to the next scandal that we cover right thanks for listening you guys and we will talk to you later stay safe